Hey everyone, welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I am Tara Bowen Biggs, and in a little bit, I'm going to share with you a conversation that I had with the founders of The Relish, and I can't wait to uh, introduce a few of you to The Relish if you don't already know what The Relish is, and also introduce you to some really inspiring women who have uh, are creating their own lane when it comes to sports media. The the genesis of this particular episode was that lately I've been getting really curious about women who are doing just that. They are creating their own lanes in sports media, whether because they uh, want to create something new that has never existed before or if they want to get more involved in the established media scene and feel like they have more to offer than uh, currently their talents are being utilized. There's a lot of women out there who are creatively trying to enter and change the sports media world. And so I've been looking for some really inspiring people to talk to. And so today I'm going to introduce you to two of them. So The Relish, for those of you who may not have heard of it, is a female-centered sports platform. When it started a couple years ago, that's when I first learned of The Relish. They were a newsletter, and then also they had uh, accounts on pretty much all of the social media channels. And they have this fun voice where it's a little bit irreverent, but also really serious. They're very knowledgeable sports fans, but they don't take themselves too seriously. The newsletter comes to your inbox twice a week and has stories from uh, pretty much all of the major sports leagues, and that's men's sports as well as women's sports. But the coverage is focused um, on women, and the coverage is primarily done by women. Now in late October, November of 2018, The Relish is getting ready to launch a new app. It is um, going to connect and empower female fans and underrepresented audiences across all of the communities and allow us to be the broadcasters. The app is uh, being rolled out pretty much as we speak. So if you want to get on the list to be one of the first people to utilize it, you can go to therelish.com. I am waiting for my invite and I can't wait to find out more what it's about. I'm going to let Ashley and Lisa tell you more about the founding and the growth of The Relish and what is next for them. Before we get to the interview, let me just quickly remind everyone that you can find the What Podcast as part of the Blazer's Edge podcast feed, and you can follow the What Podcast on Twitter at Hoops and Talks. My name is Tara Bowen Biggs, and I can be found on Twitter at TCB Biggs. Let's see, I think that about covers it, so let me go ahead and just introduce you to the ladies of The Relish. Okay, I am so excited to be talking to the guests we have today. Um, we have Ashley Wellington Fahey and Lisa Raphael, who are co-founders of The Relish, and we're going to hear a lot more about what The Relish is. Ashley is the CEO. Lisa is the Chief Creative Officer. Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, ladies. Thank you for having us. That's so fun. Well, I think let's start off with having each of you introduce yourselves and give a little bit of background about who you are and how you got into sports. 
Let's go. Ooh, with, yeah. Let's go with like alphabetically by first name. How's that? <laughs> Ashley, <laughs> you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm Ashley. Um, I, as Tara mentioned, I'm our CEO, and um, I have been a sports fan since I was a little girl. Um, actually, grew up really wanting to work in sports, and um, uh, found my path into sports shortly after college. Uh, from Seattle originally, so big Seattle fan, and um, but found my love of sports actually um, thanks to my mom. When the, I was ten, the Mariners—it was nineteen ninety-five—and the Seattle Mariners had um, they had just gone into the playoffs for the first time ever, and it was the wild card series. And my mom—I remember she pulled me out of school one day and was like, handed me tickets, and we were going to the game, and I thought that was so cool, and it was. The first time I really saw the way that the city just could come together in community and and everybody was it was like everybody was your friend and I just became addicted from that day forward. I I would like go and get I remember I got a black and white TV from a from a garage sale with like all the savings that I had and I listened to to the radio broadcast alongside the TV and I, that was it for me. I've I was a goner from that point on. I was a huge sports fan. Oh, that's a great story. How about you, Lisa? Yeah, so I'm Lisa, and I'm Chief Creative Officer at The Relish. And my my sports fandom also goes back to childhood. I grew up in um, Syracuse, New York, and so college basketball is a religion there. Um, so I think, you know, also just in Syracuse, we had, you know, we have a, a pretty good a minor league baseball team and a minor league hockey team as well. So I think I really grew up, um, you know, I, I was always drawn to like big flashy events with a lot of people. And I think growing up, going to those games felt like major league, you know, Super Bowl events every single time you go to a, a Syracuse basketball game. So, you know, I always also think that I was in high school when the 2003, when we won the 2003 national championship. Uh, and so I remember that was like probably the last time I prayed was, um, you know, when, <laughs> when we were like in the final seconds of that game and I was like a junior in, in high school. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, Ashley said it really well, like, especially, you know, Seattle and Syracuse are, are different cities and, and the the year that we won and that Carmelo Anthony was part of the team and the next year after he left and and I don't I think we just missed making it into the the tournament that next year it was something super sad I mean you can really feel the difference in like the energy in a city when your team is is doing well versus when it's not so um, you know, I, I went. I went into. Uh, I went to school in New York City after that to a very non-sports school at NYU, and so I really had to find find time to to watch watch the games like by myself. And uh, I didn't really make it back into sports until a little bit later when I worked on a, a documentary about the Brooklyn Cyclones, which is a minor league baseball team based out on Coney Island, and. And, uh, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but then I, I met Ashley and, and the relish and, uh, and, and yeah, so that's, so it's, it's really even these last few years working on the relish, I've gotten to experience sports in, in a whole new way. And, and it's part of the reason why we want to share the message and, and spread the relish around. Excellent. Well, since we are a, a basketball podcast, um, what are your favorite basketball teams? Oh, man. I mean, I've already divulged that I'm from Seattle, so I'm sure everyone can guess where I stand on the basketball front. 
I was a Sonics fan, um, RIP to them. So I've, I've just kind of been like sitting out in no man's land trying to figure out like who my team is. And I live in San Francisco. So the Warriors are sort of an easy one to, to fall in love with. But I also kind of feel like because I'm not from here, I just I get a little annoyed with how good they are. I'm sure if the Sonics were that way, I would not be saying that if the Sonics still existed. Um, but, you know, I, I also have some ties into to Rip City. So every once in a while, I also give a nod to them, too. But I'm a, I'm basically a brokenhearted basketball fan. Oh, well, there's always room for more in Rip City. So <laughs> if you find Perfect. if you if you find your find that, you know, it's a comfortable fit, we would love to have you. How about you, Lisa? Yeah, well, you know, it took me a long time to really get into professional sports because I, I felt like, well, but, co- you know, college sports was really the background of, of my fandom. And I couldn't really I couldn't really believe in a pro team the way I can about a scrappy, you know, college, college city team. So it, it's been a, a little bit of a journey for me. And I'm a little bit more player specific. So, you know, obviously Syracuse, I'll always, always root for them um, during the tournament and, you know, during that season. And then when it comes to NBA, oh, it's so tough. I mean, I really do. I I think like what I've tried to do is really look for that kind of hometown feel with a team. And I found it in uh, San Francisco, like with the, the, the Giants, it feels, it feels hometown. It feels like everyone loves it. It really like keeps the city alive. And, uh, you know, I, I love the Curries. I really love, you know, I think Dame, I would love to like go roller skating with him and talk <laughs> of like swap vegan recipes, um, you know. So I, 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 I still love Carmelo. Tara, I know you did a whole podcast about what, what Carmelo Anthony's journey has yeah, been. That was so interesting. <laughs> I should have talked to you about his college days. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. The Oh, don't even get me started there. What a heartbreak. Um, but yeah, so I, so I mean, honestly, this year I'm going to be really into the Rockets and my dad's a big Lakers fan. It's so, it's so tough. I'm, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty open and, and a little bit more player specific when it comes to, uh, to, to professional basketball teams. But I, I mean, basketball is my favorite sport. I love watching it so I can kind of get into any game and I'll always rather root for the underdog. I'll say that. Okay, cool. Well, that is all awesome. So let's move on to talking about the relish. So tell me about the inspiration behind the relish and a little bit about like what the relish is and uh, where it's going to go. Yeah. So the inspiration for the relish has been something that has, has been growing in the back of my mind for almost a decade. So I, um, you know, I mentioned I've been a fan since I was a little girl and ended up working in sports. um, What actually, worked for the Mariners, made my way to San Francisco with the Giants. And there were some things that I was always really struck by as a fan and also as someone working in the industry. And that was, you know, the experience that I was having as a woman who who likes, loves sports, likes sports, like some sports I like more than others. Um, and feeling like on one side of the equation, I I was always feeling like I had to qualify my fandom um, and then if, if and that it comes in the forms of like being quizzed or, or a guy hearing that I like sports and thinking that's so cool. And suddenly I'm like a puppet or something that they're trying to like get a bunch of information out of because it's so fascinating them that I might like sports. And, um, I feel like that was really a disappointing experience. And then on the other side of it, 
I realized that this issue that that the way female fans are treated isn't just something that exists you know, at the ballpark or at a tailgate, it's actually pretty systemic even within the leagues and teams. And and you've seen that in the form of pink it and shrink it and one-on-one crash courses and sort of this um, this experience of not, not thinking about the female fan uh, audience as a nuanced audience and, and really being profiled into either the category of like the fan who doesn't really know much or the mom um, of, of little kids. Mm-hmm. And so I you know, as a, at the time an early 20 something felt like there needed to be a space where women similar to me, like young female fans primarily is like the place I was thinking of at the time were spoken to. And, you know, you go to a lot of these big, um, media companies that we all know, you, you, you can, I'm sure name all the names and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with the fact that, you know, they do sports content the way they do that for the most part. Um, but the, the problem I was seeing is that these spaces didn't feel like they were inclusive to women and underserved audiences. They felt like you could come in, but don't expect anything to be catered to your specific needs. They were really thinking about the needs of a male fan between a certain, you know, 18 to, to 65 plus. And, um, and then you started to see sort of the breakout of like a bleach report who's thinking about sort of a younger audience. And then you'd see a totally different uh, approach of like a barstool sports that was thinking about a very specific male audience. And I thought, you know, if all of these, these brands can kind of come into to a very crowded space and, and do something for a fan that's constantly being catered to the male fan, why shouldn't there be something for a female fan and for fans that aren't really represented in that, in that audience segment? Um, and so that was, that became sort of the catalyst for wanting to do something. As I mentioned, it, the idea sort of came to me about eight years ago. And what started to spawn that idea was starting, I started seeing female driven, like women's lifestyle media brands coming on the scene. And, you know, you could name the usual suspects, Refinery29, Pop Sugar. And I thought, why doesn't why isn't there something like this with sports? So fast forward eight years, or it's been eight years now, but more like six years when I got started on this, um, maybe even five. I I would I started to really see the movement of you know this fourth wave of feminism and that really catering or or parlaying into brands like the Skin coming on the scene and um, you know cons- women's consumer brands doing something unique and different in spaces where women weren't, weren't traditionally being spoken directly to. And so my theory and thesis was always, what I want to do is I want to build a brand that female fans um, care about and that they, that resonates with them. And, and with the knowledge that this brand isn't necessarily going to talk to all female fans. And gosh, I, I certainly hope that there's enough people come into the space that we, we cover everybody, just like the men's side of sports is done. But um, I want to create something, a brand that connects with this female audience that is so underserved. And from that brand, I want us to to scale an audience. And I know that that audience is big. I've looked at the numbers. So I, I know that if the brand works, then the audience will, will be attracted to the brand. And once we have that audience, the next plan is to build a product that would fill the needs of that fan. And so that's where we're actually at today. We built the brand back in 2016 we spent 2017 scaling an audience across social platforms, and now we're building our own platform, um, which I'll let Lisa talk a little bit about. Yeah, and 
You know, I had worked in the first time I, I really, truly worked in sports was on that documentary I mentioned. And it, you know, it was really interesting. I was in the dugout with this team um, asking them questions that they hadn't been asked before, you know, and, and I thought back to all of the sports programming that I had consumed and and sort of had tuned out at that point in my life. And, and I was like, yeah, you know, the the average sideline reporter, the, you know, the conversations that are being had about sports and with athletes, um, whether it's on or off the court, seem to be kind of one note. And here, you know, I was asking these players things they hadn't been asked. I was learning their their lives in a totally different way. And even though my my work outside of that one, you know, little blip working working on that show was was really more in, in a female focused entertainment, it, it really stuck with me. And so I met Ashley really, really randomly, very San Francisco story where we were just at a bar and someone said, Oh, you guys should talk about talk about work and, and stuff. And and I was itching to get deeper into the startup world. And Ashley told me what what her, you know, what the relish was and and what she was just getting ready to launch. And I said, yeah, I want to quit my job and do that full time. And full time in startup world is like very literally 24 seven, 365. So, you know, it has to be for me, I wanted to, to do it, but I wanted it to be something totally mission driven and, and something I could really get behind and, and, you know, put my experience and content in media. And, uh, you know, I, I think like when I met Ashley, it was, it was a Friday and I spent that whole weekend uh, looking to see if it existed yet because I couldn't believe that the relish didn't exist yet. Um, and it, it was so it was really serendipitous that that we met. And, you know, as Ashley mentioned, we did some really exciting stuff for the first couple years, you know, totally changing what uh, what sports programming and sports conversation looked like not excluding men or anything like that, but really just truly elevating women's voices and putting the camera on fans at games. And, you know, when you go up to, when we'd go up to a group of people and the someone would say, oh, you can talk to my boyfriend. I'd say, no, I want to talk to you, you know, and, and sort of going through that. And, and uh, something that was really interesting that we saw both, you know, just from our, through our inboxes, <laughs> filling up with emails of, of women saying, you know, I really want to work with you guys to the point where we just could literally can't hire, you know, all these people. It's like, we want to, we want to find jobs for everyone. Um, but, but what got really, what really started flagging for us was that, you know, we weren't the only ones who felt that this, the sports broadcasting landscape needed to change. And, you know, the way it works now is, is right, you, you know, you go to school, you are lucky enough to, gra when you graduate, get a job at, a, you know, a, a small market, maybe doing some, a, a ton of freelance uh, hits here and there, scraping your way up. And, and you know, you, you want to be that next Aaron Andrews or whatever it is. But realistically, that there are only going to be a few and a lot of them, um, you know, uh, I always think about that, the phrase, you know, if you tune in and, and you don't see yourself, you don't think that you can ever be there. And so we really wanted to say, okay, well, how can we, how can we, how can we put all of these people, um, you know, in, in this sports space, how can we, we get their voices and their, their faces on screens and, you know, product, as Ashley mentioned, has always been something we wanted to build. And so we thought, well, what if we literally gave everyone a voice. And so what The Relish is launching 
you know, right now, <laughs> this, this month, is a social video platform that allows fans to become the broadcaster. And, you know, through that, we, we really want to democratize sports broadcasting by uh, allowing a path for people who might not go the traditional college broadcasting route, work at your, you know, local station. Um, but also we want to, to change, we, we know how much the conversation around sports has changed. You know, you have even deep fans are not tuning into every game. They're not, uh, you know, they're, they're getting alerts on their phone and they're talking about those like trending topics. So we also want to put some of that into the hands of, of, uh, of the fans as well, deciding what's interesting to talk about. So yeah, it's, it's been a really exciting last couple years and we're, we're excited to, to officially push launch on this app and, and get the relish out there and, and really, you know, really continue to grow the community. Oh my gosh, so much to unpack there. Um, <laughs> when when I first heard of the relish, I I was, I mean, I'm not gonna say I was in a similar position where that you were, but I was at a point in my life where I was like, well, there's got to be a bunch of stuff that's like specific to female sports fans, so I'm gonna look and see what I can find. And it was like I was I was doing this podcast and I had a female partner and she and I did it twice a month and we were like, we want to get the word out about this. And so we were like, well, we should go to the like the female basketball meetups in town. And then we were like, oh, <laughs> there aren't any female <laughs> basketball meetups in town. We have to make them. And uh, so I, I can in a way I can I can really relate to that. But so when I first started uh, following the relish, you uh, were I believe there was a newsletter. And then you like you said, you were on a bunch of social platforms. So can you for people who maybe haven't found it yet, uh, talk a little bit about like some of the features that you would send out in the newsletters and some of the different things that you would uh, do and show on those different platforms? Yeah, you know, for, when we first started creating content, it was kind of like a three-prong approach for us. We really wanted to, you know, put more fans' voices and, and really hear the fan perspective. And a lot of times that was um, from women, but also it was from men who are totally comfortable being a minority for once. Um, and a minority voice at least. And, uh, so, so the fan perspective, it was also, you know, thematically, we were talking to athletes and also talking to female broadcasters, um, and women who are working within the sports world. So we wanted to go through those spotlight, those three types of people in and around the sports world. Um, and then for the athlete on the athlete side, it was really getting more gender parity when it comes to coverage for men's and women's sports. Um, and also, you know, talking to athletes the same, you know, not, not doing the whole, like, how are you going to balance it all this being a mom and being yeah. an athlete or being a mom and you know, <laughs> how can you possibly really be an athlete and yeah. a mom? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, really like truly having the same sort of conversation across the board, because honestly, that, that is a fair question for a woman, but also for a man, uh, you know, and so we explored a lot of different, when we launched the newsletter, really like here are like the hottest topics in sports. Uh, here's the, a little bit more of the context. Here are some fan stories we profiled. Uh, our power players, and those were those were people who were working inside uh, the sports industry. But then we were also profiling favorite fans of the week again to sort of just just normalize hearing women, seeing women, 
talk about the sports they love and, and how they got to it, right? Because that's that's part of it, that you just have people who don't actually think that we exist. So it, it is it is as important for like our, our brand awareness to just be like, hey, can you just like tell people how you feel about this game or this athlete or this franchise? Um, and then, you know, when we dove deeper into original content, we did a little bit of everything. You know, we did short newsy bits on trending topics um, that tried to encapsulate, that tried to cover kind of a wider, you know, we were looking at like a Facebook audience. So, so for those, we wanted to capture people who cared and didn't necessarily care about that specific sport, but might care about that general topic. So especially if it's more like social justice driven or about feminism or, you know, even sort of like a little bit into relationships and like the story of the athletes on and off the court, that sort of thing. And, and we, we had, we had full talk shows. We did little documentaries, 20-minute documentaries. Uh, we had shows where we launched a show called Style Uniform, where we would go into a fan's closet and see different looks, but really hear the stories behind, you know, her good luck jersey uh, that she won't wash during, you know, playoff season, and but also really hearing her fandom behind that. So so that was sort of the, the range of, of content that we covered then and and you know you'll see a lot of that within the app as well as we grow so what is your big dream for the brand like at the end of the day in best case scenario what is the thing that you would like to look back on and say that you've accomplished with the relish i want the relish you know what when we look in five ten years out from here I want the relish to have have accomplished a few things. And one of those is I want fans to finally have optionality. I want fans to be able to hear from the people that, that resonate with them and, um, and, and have choice. I also want us to, to stop thinking about, um, fans as so linear. I mean, I think that we know that fans are nuanced and that, um, they can be thought of in that way. And I want the relish to be a place where, we think about those nuances around fans and, and especially for these audiences that have been so severely underserved, um, the female fan, LGBTQA communities, all of these spaces where, um, or communities where they, we've oftentimes been ignored. I want these fans to finally feel like somebody cares and is paying attention. And at the end of the day, you know, at least Lisa can speak really well to this. Um, you know, we, we really have sort of a, a bigger, industry movement that we're trying to go for. And I'll let her talk a little more about that. And I think that's, you know, yeah, of course we want this app to have, to be, you know, a million users strong and to launch the careers of the next generation of broadcasters and be where people go to get sports news because they would much rather hear it from people who feel like they're friends and, you know, interesting people that, you know, influencers that they look up to versus like, you know, players that their dad are obsessed with, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I think that's, that, that's of course something that we want to do with the app, but really it's that feel good, huge change. And this is like the the huge mission, right? It's like, it's like simple and not so simple, but we do want to change the sports industry as we know it. And I think that just giving women and LGBTQ community and people of color a bigger voice by giving them, by turning the camera on them and 
making what is making the the topics we talk about in sports what they think is important and what, what we and they want to talk about i mean that's that should have a that should change everything you know when when we look at all of these these news items that come through about the decisions being made by you know the leagues and certain teams um, and and certain front offices it's it's like well yeah i mean look at those staffs it's literally all men and they're mostly white men and they're all rich you know mm-hmm. and so uh you know i think just a, a bigger thing that will that will make me me and, and us i i you know feel successful is if the relish has a hand in you know again democratizing broadcasting and and normalizing all of these underrepresented voices within the sports world and and i think that'll go you know farther than broadcasting and and deeper than fandom it, it'll you know, you'll see it in the way, the way those, those front offices look and, and the decisions being made for the athletes, you know, I think that'll it hopefully will, will affect everything. I love it. <laughs> love that. Love that vision easy, of the yeah. future. It's super easy. Yeah. It'll be super easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's right. No, we don't have any um, hurdles to get over in order nope. to get I'm sure you work an eight-hour day, five totally. days a week, and you know are able to and like get all night. your work done. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. let's turn and and uh, well, let's talk about the challenges. But let's and so let's save the fun stories for after the challenges. Let's talk about some of the challenges that you've been up against as you've been trying to uh, launch this brand. Yeah, I. Be mad, and then we'll 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 bring it back. We'll we'll give the warm and exactly. We'll end on a high note. (laughs) I love that. Um, I mean, we both have so many stories we could tell. There's not enough time in the the whole day to go over all of them. But um, you know, I think we're we're really the relish is really at the epicenter of three very male dominated categories, and that includes you know sports, obviously being significantly male dominated. Um, we're also in the tech space. So especially with the launch of this new platform, um, that puts us in another super male dominated space that we're sort of facing challenges there. And then the third being, uh, venture capital. So we're a startup that is, um, funded by venture capitalists and, and angel investors. And so, we, we sit in that world too. And in, across all three of these categories, we are consistently a minority um, and we are severely underrepresented across all of them. And in, in some of those categories, you see strides being made to sort of to change the status quo. Um, in all of them, you see at least something that's, you know, branding that we want to make change, whether or not that's actually happening, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. But that's a real challenge. It's a challenge to be in any one of those spaces. As a woman, it's even worse if you're a person of color. It's the worst if you're a woman of color. Um, but we we have faced a lot of challenges in all three of those spaces. And I think r- trying to launch a, or, or we've already launched, but growing a sports media company that caters to this underserved audience that is so massive in scale um, has been really interesting because you would think that what an investor might want to see is the scale and opportunity that exists here because that is typically the sort of thing that they want to be looking at. And I, I thought, you know, pretty naively in the beginning that 
oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. Like half of American women are sports fans and like 80% of millennial women consider themselves a sports fan. And these are crazy big numbers and, and that'll just like sell itself. And, um, turns out like even with the, the data supporting all of this, even if you walk into a stadium and look at the number of women that are there, if you walk into social or whatever space you walk into and see women, there is still this, this weird that subconscious bias or something that exists that, that makes people, primarily men, disbelieve that women are fans or, or they don't believe that women are equal fans to men. They literally, the question or the, the question that would be asked of me is, do women really care that much? Do they really care enough to have something for themselves? And oh I'm, my God. They, one <laughs> of those people should have been in the room when Ed Davis got traded to Brooklyn because <laughs> <laughs> I thought me and my friends were all going to lose our minds when that happened. I mean, talk about caring. Boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been there too. Like, I can think of so many times where I'm just like, oh, gosh. And, you know, that's, there is something we saw it. It saw it on the venture side, going and pitching to investors, and and we've been really lucky to to bring on super awesome investors who really get it and believe in it, um, and see it for themselves. But we we'd also sit, you know, across pe- people in sports who, you know, they 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 understood it, they got it, they see the data too, but but really. It was, it was like they weren't willing to make the bet. They weren't willing to take the risk um, on on women. It, and we've seen this, right? We see this in women's sports too. It's the same. It's the same issue. That for some reason there's a disbelief that women can have the same consumer power as men, even if the data supports that our consumer power is stronger. So, the being up against that all the time, you know, it really especially as a, such a diehard sports fan, it, it can really wear you down sometimes. And, um, you know, I, I'm lucky to, um, to have, you know, the resources to kind of pick myself back up. But yeah, I would say those are sort of some of the biggest challenges that I've, I've faced. How about you, Lisa? Yeah, well, I spent a lot of, uh, 2017, especially, uh, out out in the field producing content with a, a really, really incredible all-female uh, production team. And, you know, the treatment that we received just differed far and wide depending on where we were. Uh, and, and, you know, we'd go to one city and we'd go shoot something at with an NFL team there and at an MLB team there, and I won't name city names, <laughs> but... You know, at one at one stop, they really rolled out the red carpet. They got great, great guys to athletes to come up and talk to us. Uh, they were totally game. They did some fun, silly content with us. You know, they they put our name on the. Um, they gave us like a, a, a designated spot at the, you know, at the parking, parking lot, which was super cool. Yeah, you know, and that that was amazing. And then we go to the the major league baseball stadium there and I mean everyone from the person who checked who we had we had to park our cars the parking lot attendant all the way up to you know the person working at in in PR there just treated us like we truly didn't belong to be there questioning everything we were doing and you know the the parking lot attendant couldn't even under couldn't even conceive of these three women 
with camera equipment that we were going to get our press passes that had already been approved. We had content set up with the team. You know, he was just like, I, I, I mean, you're going to shoot on the field. You know, it was just re- like, just really, really tough stuff. And, and, you know, so I think that's, you know, someone came up to us in the press box and said, I, I gotta ask, are you guys interns? You know, just, just the sort of the treatment that, uh, you just don't really expect in this this day and age, and then yet it just really happens, and it happened regularly, and uh, it, it was it was pretty shocking when it did. Um, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine? Sorry yeah. to cut you off, please, but like, just imagine that. I, I like. I'm thinking back to to. I wasn't there when this was all happening, but that story, and like, these are these are women who are like. At least has an has an, an Emmy, like she's an Emmy award winning person, wow. and our team was have like this isn't their first job. Like they've worked in sports for for big brands that everybody follows, and they were asked if they're interns. Do you, like can you just imagine that? And why? Because they're women. Because they they're women that they didn't see in the booth very often. And I just uh, to it just to this day like. Oh, my skin is just crawling, just rel- reliving the story. Anyways, sorry to cut you off there, Lise, but I no. just had to add that two cents. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, and and I've I've been sheltered in the, in that way where I I've mostly worked in, you know, with female focused audiences in entertainment. So I'm used to, you know, when you go to a red carpet or when you go, you know, you're back, you're backstage at a TV show, you're really generally depending on where you are, of course, but I've been lucky enough that I, I, it's very, I've, I've worked on very diverse, uh, inclusive staffs and, you know, this, this has just obviously been an education and, and yep, not in sports, honey. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's sad too when, when you do, you know, you put the camera on, uh, you know, you're trying to find, trying to create some great content and, and again, like inspire women to, to get on, on board and talk and, and there, and, you know, I think sometimes we do, we would run into the problem of, of some women saying like, Oh, well, I'm not a fan. And I would say, well, or like, I, I don't want to talk. I mean, I, I don't, what do I know? I'm, I'm not a fan. And, you know, it sounds like an exaggeration, but it's really not. And, you know, I'd say, well, okay, listen, you're at the game, so you bought the tickets, right? And yeah. Well, you're wearing head-to-toe gear, right? So, so yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. What do you like about the team? Just tell me that super simply. Well, you know, in 1997, my first game, da 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 And then last year at the playoffs when we didn't win, I literally cried. I'm like, okay, guess what? You're a fan, <laughs> you know? And, like, I, and I, think, I think that it comes from, like, no one's ever treated us like fans, you know? No, no one has ever – no one assumes that we're fans because – were women, whereas uh, you, it, people do this thing to me often, where they I, I tell them what I do, and they say, "Oh, are you a sports fan?" And I used to say, "Yes, of course." And I used to say, "I grew up in Syracuse, and I love college basketball and Carmelo Anthony." And now I just say to them, because it's that question comes from a lot of people, a lot of smart people, friends of mine, and I say, "You know, do you think if if a man said I work at Bleacher Report?" That, that man ever gets asked the follow-up question, oh, are you a sports fan? And they all go, no. <laughs> so, you know, I think it's just this, like, we assume men love sports and we assume women don't. And and that's, you know, so, and I think that that happens within, uh, for women too, you know? So I think uh, that's, that. I think those, those are challenges too, but they're also motivators, right? So, 
you know, you take the, the bad and make it good. Women are uh, an in- incredible resource, I find, in um, the in the sports world. I have we have a, a Facebook group for women's hoops and talks, and we just connect with each other, like during Blazer games or during other things that are happening, and we we turn to each other for these types of support. I mean, it's like sports. It's not like our lives, right? It's not like the most important thing that is happening. We all have a million other things that are going on with us. I mean, you obviously, it's more more than your just your uh fandom. You it's your your occupations, but for me and my friends, you know, we turn to each other and sports is our shared experience that uh, connects us and that we can enjoy things throughout together. And I don't know, it's, it's something for me that like sports is just kind of like a vehicle for us to all be really passionate about something together. And like, I know so many women who are so passionate and so knowledgeable. And like you said, like they would be like, Oh no, I don't really know anything. And I'm like, you can name like every roster for the trailblazers since 2001. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you know, sports, you know, fans. But anyway, this, this got me thinking about um, a question that, uh, that uh, makes me wonder. So the two of you are uh, clearly have been doing this together the whole time. Um, and I've actually know a couple other people that I've reached out to to talk about this topic of um, what happens when you create your own lane, right? Um, who are two women who work together on a project? Is this something that you ever thought about going out and doing on your own? And this question's for either of you um, or both. Is it ever something you ever thought about going out and doing on your own? Or has part of this whole journey been like doing it together with someone and bringing other people along? I mean, for, for me, the, the original, the origin of the relish before it, before it launched, um, it was just me going alone. It was, it was me. Like I was working full time. I was sitting at my, on my couch, like trying to figure out the name of the company and trying to come up with the concepts for like what the brand would do and, and like what I wanted to accomplish from the brand. And I realized that I, I had a vision for what I wanted to, what I wanted the relish to be and what I wanted it to do, but it's really hard to, to start some, to start a company by yourself that can have this much, as much impact as I wanted it to have. Um, this really, really tough to do. I mean, you, it really does take not just one person to to get something like this off the ground when you want to do it at, at scale and with the, the amount of impact I always had hoped for. So, you know, before the Relish ever launched, it, I was pretty solo and I started out. Um, I, I also knew that I was creating a startup and I being here in San Francisco, it was like, okay, I think I want to raise venture money. I've never done that before. What do I, like a lot of researching on literally how to start a, start a startup <laughs> was, was what went into it. And then I realized I can't, you can't do this alone. You need resources. And so I started pulling together an advisory team and I had advisors around me who were, I could, I could lean on and they were, they're all experts in their category. Um, and so meeting Lisa was like, just such a, I mean, it was like the universe was just conspiring to make this all happen. I mean, I, I wasn't, I didn't know the first place to look for a co-founder necessarily. Like it can be a really slippery slope and um, with, with bringing somebody on, you know, you got to have a lot of trust and you, you've got to have this a shared vision for what you want to do. And um, so 
finding Lisa was just, it was like the universe was like, you need this. And this person is exactly what you need. And it just, it was a no brainer for her to, to join me in this. And, you know, although I start thought I wanted to start this myself only because I didn't know what else to do. Um, it really was an evolution in that, in that first year that end of 2015 going into 16, um, which then made it very clear what this path would look like with more support and with a, a teammate. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I didn't, I didn't like fill out a job just, you know, I didn't see a listing for, for this role and, and like apply to it again. Like we met at a bar and yeah. I, it was, uh, Ashley was friends with someone I was, Ashley is friends with someone I was managing at the time. So when she said, oh, you should talk to Ashley, she didn't mean you should go work for her because yeah. <laughs> she was like, you're my boss. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think, I think like that's, Terry, you bring up a, a really great point and I always I always, always, you know, I'm at a conference or I'm hanging out with friends or whatever it is. And I will meet like someone new who is starting a business or who has a business and is trying to get to a certain growth point or whatever. And I always hear the same sort of uh, issues. And I, I'm, I usually just sort of like interject and I'm like, well, let me ask you, like, are you, do you have like a co-founder or, you know, sometimes they're not so startupy, but I'm like, do you have like a, a person that you work with? Like, do you, do you have a business partner? Do you have that? Do you have someone who's like your, your better half, your second half, you know, whatever it is in this journey. And they're like, they're, you know, and it's often women who are trying to do it on their own. And I'm, and I'm just like, you, you, you need another person because, and, and really like a shared, like a partner, because yeah, like we, ha you have to share the mission and, and, and the belief and, and all of that, but also, you know, realistically one person is not going to be great at every part of it and really needs like the support and of someone else, you know? And, and like, you, I think just in general, like sometimes you just need to like run things by each other. Like, Hey, can I get a gut check? Or, you know, it's, it's like just so hard to do everything on your own. So, you know, if you really want to, to, to make a big splash and grow a business or, um, start out and do your own thing, I, I always think it's, it's really great if you can find someone who needs you or, who, or like who you need or, or whatever it may be, but, but really like finding someone who compliments, uh, you know, what you know and what you do is, is really crucial if you want to start a business or, you know, do, Change do something. The world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have, have a buddy. I, Ashley and I call each other work wives and that's, yes. you know, that's a joke. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing the that. I, I appreciate that. Well, let's um start wrapping it up here and tell me a few of the stories that uh are your favorites. Things that you got to do because you started the relish. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, for as as many horror stories as we could tell we also have a lot of really cool stories um I mean it's we I know we both have shared highs so um but I'll share just a couple that just come to mind for me so one there was a really there was a moment where I was just like looking around the room going wow this is happening like this is this is real um and one of those was I got invited last summer to speak in front of um Andrea Godala and Steph Curry's Tech Summit, which was um, hosted here in San Francisco. And, you know, is a room full of athletes who 
are, you know, some of the best of the best for up there in Portland. CJ McCollum was in the room, obviously Steph Curry and Andre, Joe Montana, um, Shanae Agumike from the WNBA. I mean, just all of these big names across sports that we know and love. And they were in this room because they were looking to be better educated on startup the startup world and where how to invest your your money and your capital and how to be an investor um and we were there were only two startups invited to come and sort of pitch their companies and and then we brought our investors with us and there was sort of this q a dialogue and so the relish was one of the one of the two startups and the other startup was a, a pretty big name that everybody had had heard of and a, a, a multi-time entrepreneur and here i am I'm like this is my first startup uh, you know, pretty, I'm underfunded, I'm funded, but I'm underfunded. And I'm, I'm sitting in this room full of some of the best athletes in the world, teaching them how to invest their money into startups. And like, I just remember thinking how kind of, um, how amazing that was to be in that room and to, 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 to be able to say like, I belong here and I belong here because I worked really hard to get this product off the ground to be able to pitch this to them and and to to be somebody that they can learn from and on top of that i had the ear of these men who can also drive impact and and i had the ability to tell them the stats and to tell them what we know and hopefully that you know lends itself to them wanting to to make change too and and the truth is like some of them we've kept in touch with we we still talk to cj um he's a fan of what we've been doing and that's that has been super awesome to see, you know, those opportunities present themselves, um, which, you know, the, when you're a little girl, a sports fan, to think that that would be my future one day, sitting in a room like that, pitching to huge star athletes, it's, it really was kind of a dream come true that I really never imagined being, being re- my reality. Sorry, the other thing I'll say is, um, we had, we got to do something else like that at the Super Bowl, and, um, that was actually just this year in Minnesota, similar kind of concept, uh, athletes in the room, you know, people across sports and there were more startups in the room, but we were pitching the relish. And one of the, one of the athletes that was in the room was Megan Klingenberg, the Portland Thorns defender. And as once it was over, you know, we, we chatted with her a little bit and got, got to talking to her and, um, you know, she beca- became a big fan of what we're doing and she's now become an advisor to us. So we, have a great relationship with Megan also. And, um, she's just, we've learned so much from her. And, uh, so that's another big highlight to have, you know, been able to meet somebody like her and, and then also fold her into being a part of this with us is, is truly amazing. Well, that's so cool because you're, I mean, you're, you're talking about sports, you're talking about the thing that they are making their living doing, but you have like a two-way dialogue with them about like, you know, what their life and what their experiences is like. And that, you know, that probably informs the the content and the, the decisions that you make. Oh, what a cool partnership, really. Yeah. Lisa, how about you? Some highlights? So one of my favorite stories of recent we, you know, so we've been really heads down this year working on this app and it's been a huge project because, you know, Ashley and I are not engineers. And so we've had to really take on a a whole other, a whole other world in terms of product development and and working on the design of an app and the concept and working with our engineers. So it's, it's been a, a crazy 
definitely a really exciting learning experience, but super crazy. And, you know, we got, we started getting followed by, by someone on Instagram and, and I, I looked, you know, I definitely creep all over all of the people who, who are like in our community. And I, you know, her, her profile said, uh, like all about sports and travel, like living, living my dream or something. And she'd only, only had a few followers and only a few posts and definitely starting out. And uh, I started following her and I, slid into her DMs and I was like, Hey, I, I'm, I run creative at the relish. And I just, I'm curious, like, I, you know, I love your, your profile. Like this is exactly like who we want to find. Uh, who are you? Like, what, what, can you tell me more of like who you are? And she was like, Oh my God, I am such a huge fan of the relish. You guys are the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. And my, you know, my heart just like dropped. She was like, I found out about you guys a couple of years ago and uh, we, you know, a, I saw a friend of mine in one of your videos and I asked her what it was all about. And she was like, oh, you should contact them. Like they're always looking, you know, for people to, to, to be featured. And I was like, no, I, you know, I didn't go, this isn't something I went to school for. Um, I've always wanted to be in, in the sports world and sports broadcasting, but you know, I, I don't have any experience in it what, you know, like basically, what do I know? I'm just, I'm just a fan who knows. And she's like, you know, I, I really spent the last year or so working and saving up some money. My, my dream is to travel and visit arenas and stadiums across around the world and, and, you know, follow my love of sports and, and talk about it and, and do videos. And, you know, and she's like, and it really was all because of you guys. And I was like, well, we are actually just about to launch an app that will literally allow you to do that and reach a whole new community. And wow. And so she was just like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And so she has been, you know, the second we could really start inviting beta users on, um, Nicole came on and she has just been, you know, one of the brightest stars in our very, very early community she thankfully she has like a little bit of a tech background so she's been like my number one bug hunter she'll be like hey this is this is weird or you know hey i really would love this feature sorry and i'm like no no sorry tell me everything you want and and we will build it for you you know and it's just it's just i even i, I took a screenshot of our dms and i i was meeting with our uh, engineers and our product designer for the first time over skype because everyone's in different time zones and, you know, I mean, it's a pretty like dry conversation and, uh, but I wanted to give them a little bit more background on the relish and, and all that and, and our, our mission. And, and so I included that story about Nicole and the screenshots to prove <laughs> that I wasn't making that story up because it was too perfect. And, uh, and they were all just totally floored, you know, that it's, they were like, wow, that's really cool. And I think just just to like have that reminder of like, yes, we're not doing this to like pad our pockets or to have a really cool headline written about us. Like we're really doing this to empower people um, and empower women and empower people who aren't right now a part of the sports conversation. And so, yeah, so that's, that was pretty cool. That is, I mean, that's, that's <laughs> your vision coming into fruition really you know it's like building a platform where people can share their voices that's that's amazing oh this is so inspiring so I'm gonna wrap it up with a um with a question that we ask most of our guests when I'm not so that when I remember because sometimes I forget um but who is someone who inspires you to keep doing this work and to uh, keep going every day 
Yeah, you know, I mentioned before that with the challenges that we've faced, there are days where you just you do sort of go like, what? Am, why am I doing this to myself? Like, why am I like, why do I put up with this? And at this point, it it is truly our community of fans. Like when I when you hear about Nicole and and you and you hear from women like that, you just how do you not just get out of bed every day and figure it out? Because if, if we don't, like, if at this point, it feels like if we don't do it, if we don't keep being loud and noisy and, and trying to make space here, it, it's just going to take even longer for it to happen. So it really has become our community that gets me out of bed and inspires me to figure out how to solve this problem. Yeah, and I think, you know, even piggybacking off of that, it's, it's also... Uh, it's it's one part the community that that we're building, and also just like the women who are working in the sports community now. I f- I feel like that's just a genuine uh, like constant inspiration for me. You know, to see the way say like Jamel Hill was was treated at at uh, ESPN. That to me just makes me want to like meet her and be like, we can't really pay you what they were paying you yet, but I really hope we can someday. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. And, 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 or like, you know, to hear the, to, to hear the plate and watch a lot of uh, the WNBA players or the, you know, U.S. women's hockey and, and soccer teams and, and, uh, you know, their, their fight for the wage gap uh, to, to decrease and, and to see them take on like multiple jobs, talk about like being a mom and, and someone who has a career and, and then also being a broadcaster, you know, like things like that. It's just like, oh man, I just want to, I also want to change things for for those women who have worked so hard and, and who are wor- working in sports and um, and you know give them another another outlet just to be themselves and and you know use their voice and not the voice that they have to to you know to go to air so well, that is just, that's so cool. Thank you so much for spending time with me tonight and telling me like your whole story and everything behind it. It's really inspiring. And I know that people who listen to the podcast will also really love uh, learning more about you and how you got to where you are today. Would you uh, share how people can uh, find you or The Relish or, or follow along what's going on in um, with the world of The Relish? Yeah, you can go to uh, therelish.com um, to see what's going on with the app. Right now, you can sign up to get in early. Um, you can also find us on Instagram or at the Relish Sports. We're also there on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and then when you're on the site, you can also sign up for our newsletter, which goes out twice a week. And it's kind of gives the, the highlights of what's going on in the sports world every week from our perspective. And that's all. Is it at the Relish? Are they all the Relish? At the Relish Sports. At the Relish Sports. Okay. Awesome. Well, ladies, thanks again. Really appreciate your time. And um, I look forward to watching it continue to grow. Thanks, Tara. Awesome to be on. Yeah, so great talking to you. See you in Portland next time we're there. Yes, we are there. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, we will will make you both Blazer fans. 